We live in a world of violence, war, magic, and the supernatural. We are here to bring you a glimmer of hope for tomorrow. This is the Voice of Hope podcast, and you can call me Beacon, your auditory guide to the safety of Castle Refuge. To all stations, security protocol Remkin is still in effect. Your mission profile references are 2, 6, 16, 10, Ace of Diamonds, 15, 13, 1, Queen of Diamonds, 20, 10, 7, 11, 6, 3, 4, 6. To all special exploration teams in the field, Legion Intelligence has identified a new brown water pirate band operating along the Mississippi River between Devil's Gate and Baton Rouge. Intel first received rumors of this band in eastern Texas. The group's leader, a human female crazy named Three-Eyed Jack LaSalle, claims to be a river pirate from Earth's distant past. She pulled together the survivors from a band of Pecos raiders out of the Kingdom of Worth. The raiders had attacked one of the bunkers along the Simmons line and were being devastated. LaSalle appeared out of nowhere and rallied the faltering group, leading the band of cutthroats to victory. The group was able to breach the line, defeat the garrison, and make off with a stockpile of coalition equipment. Since then, LaSalle's crew has been reported attacking boats along most of the waterways in North America, as far north as the ruins of Tolkien and as far east as the Ohio Territory. There are even rumors of Three-Eyed Jack's crew attacking vessels on the Great Lakes, but Intel believes that this is a copycat crew. How this band is able to range so far, no one actually knows, but Counselor Stargazer has a theory. LaSalle is said to possess an ancient golden bracelet that she fidgets with constantly. The counselor believes that this artifact gives Jack the ability to open a water portal similar to the shimmering zones in the Demon Sea, so the crew is able to travel between various bodies of water magically. Rumors captured through various sources claim that the band has raided boats along a massive jungle river, fought along a desert river with pyramids in the distance, attacked a castle on the shores of a freezing river, and even claimed to be in a bar fight in the city of Cibola. All of this in the three months since this band has been together. Intel says that Three-Eyed Jack is a crazy female who seems to be high on precognitive abilities and wields a techno-wizard cutlass and a telekinetic Beretta. Her band is about 50 strong, mostly assorted humans and DB pirates, including a few Haroon. Notable members include Escaldar and Hervier, twin Hispanic steam elemental fusionists, a de noir shifter, and six other crazies. Three humans, two Simvin, all of them originally part of the Pecos band, and one broadkill that speaks in a Germanic accent. The group includes four coalition wave demon hydrofoils, more than a dozen CS combat jet skis, and two CS barracuda patrol boats. To any Tomorrow Legion assets, Cyber Knights, or Justice Rangers operating along the Mississippi River, Legion Command has designated Three-Eyed Jack and her band a Priority 3 threat. Capture if able, kill if required. Speaking of LaSalle and her group of crazy pirates makes me ponder the nature of a person who would undergo such a radical modification. It reminds me of an ancient Earth saying that Counselor Comstock shared with me. With great power comes great sacrifice. In our world today, this is very true. Since the coming of the Rifts, mankind has fully embraced the augmentations designed during the Golden Age of Humanity to fight off various evils from the Rifts. Unfortunately, most of these technologies cost the recipient a large portion of their humanity. Cybernetics causes strain on your physical and spiritual being as you become more machine than man, like the combat cyborg. The juicers sacrifice years off their life to gain superhuman strength, dexterity, and speed. Even powered armor pilots require years of sacrifice to master how to wield their weapons against mankind's enemies. 
Of all the technologies mankind created during the Golden Age, the mind over matter technology gives great power at great cost, perhaps the greatest cost, the cost of one's own sanity. Jasper tells me that the mind over matter technology basically overclocks a person's brain, increasing the user's physical traits to near juicer levels. The technology also gives users minor psychic powers that develop in very unpredictable ways. Some only have minor abilities that they can use on themselves. Others are nearly as powerful as bursters or mind melters, throwing pyrokinetic bolts or flinging boulders, user telekinesis. They also seem to be able to enter a fugue state that allows them to push themselves beyond their physical limits. Unfortunately, the reality of this berserk state brings the insanities crashing to the forefront, throwing the crazy into a near catatonic state. However, in an insane world, is losing one's mind something anyone truly notices? Unfortunately, the crazies' instability make them unsuitable for most organized militaries. The Coalition has banned the crazy modification for anyone within the entire Coalition states. The Laszlo's significantly discourage crazy modifications, requiring recipients to undergo constant psychological counseling. However, many of the smaller kingdoms like Kingsdale or Murktown do not require such measures because a crazy is a fairly effective super soldier early in their career. Most crazies have a survival rate that mirrors that of juicers because their insanities lead them to an early death, usually in combat, but sometimes at their own hands. The Tomorrow Legion has had a large number of crazies that have joined us after the fall of Tolkien. We have followed Laszlo's lead by providing counseling for those with mom technology. One of the Legion's cyberdocs started a tactical training program for tactical counselors within the medical corps to help our mama's boys get together in the field. Initial tests have been positive, and the counselors have proven helpful in building more resilient combat teams. General Magruder is considering making tactical counselors mandatory for any team with a crazy in the ranks at a minimum, and the Council of Hope is trying to increase this capability for the Legion entirely. Like Kingsdale, the Rapid City branch of Bandito Arms is actively providing mom conversions to those who want it. The 438th Community Outreach Team recently reported a situation where Bandito Arms provided mom conversion to a young man who was a Psy-X alien at his parents' request. This is apparently what Under Sheriff Hammer sold his loyalty and his humanity for, an attempt to heal his son. Mom technology made the boy a frighteningly powerful psychic, but also made him severely unstable. Unfortunately, unlike juicer modification, the crazy conversion is permanent. CS experiments have shown the removal of the implants lead to death in almost all of the recipients of the procedure. So inflicting such a modification on an adolescent seems immoral. The former undersheriff did not divulge who directed this modification to his son, but the 438th team leader, Justice Ranger Miller, believes that it was Counselor Santos, the head of Bandito Arms in Rapid City. The 438th also reported that a surprising number of the Simvan that they have been combating have undergone crazy conversion as well. Few people are aware that there are a number of DBs that can undergo crazy conversion process like humans. When coupled with the Simvan's naturally formidable psychic abilities, the thought of a Simvan crazy is terrifying. Stay safe, move surely, and look out for your fellow refugees. I, Beacon, will guide you to your new tomorrow. Speak to you again soon. Hello again, this is Beacon. Sorry it's been a while since I last hit the airwaves. This episode I've been wanting to get out for a while. Today we're going to be hitting on one of the more unique iconic frameworks and riffs, the crazy. So a little background and lore on the crazy. The Crazy is one of the original OCCs presented in the first release of the Rift's book back in the 90s, and the imagery of the bald character with metal studs protruding from his skull was very compelling. 
As part of this OCC, it was a massive random table of mental health issues that your character could betray. The crazy OCC would also be expanded on in Rifts Japan, Rifts South America 2, Rifts China 2, the Rifts Sourcebook Mutants in Orbit, and Sourcebook 3 Mindworks. Most of the versions of the crazy, like the Ninja Crazy or the Geofront Lightning Warrior, added some sort of therapy mechanic to reduce the effects of the crazy's insanities. Mutants in Orbit also added the Advanced Crazy, which was less physically enhanced but more psychically enhanced. The two big books focused on crazies were the Mindworks Sourcebook and South America 2, both of which are tied to the Rift's lore on the crazy. South America added the Ultra Crazy that you could think of as the Mega Juicer of crazies. Mindworks, on the other hand, added a massive amount of crazies uh, for Europe by adding in the concept of Cynetics, which is a bionic implant that can enhance a crazy abilities. There are a few other crazy references throughout various books, like the Wired Gunslinger, and oddly, several of the Juicer OCCs and Juicer Uprising mentions mom technology. Most of the lore on the crazy comes from either the Rift's main book or from Mindworks. The Mind Over Matter technology was created uh, for crazies, was developed by a company called Cytronic Corporation in South America, and was licensed and distributed by Mindworks from Germany. It was developed during the Golden Age along with cybernetics, juicer conversions, and powered armor. The modification seemed to be the answer to what everybody was looking for and rushed into production without long-term human trials. When the mom recipients started descending into madness and lashing out violently with superhuman capabilities, Cytronics and Mindworks were put through the legal grinder, which led to Cytronics declaring bankruptcy. The coming of the Rifts actually saved Mindworks due to a new underground state-of-the-art production facility that was in eastern Poland. Unfortunately, uh, the facility did survive the initial Armageddon, but it became a place of terror in Eastern Europe. The mom technology was rediscovered in North and South America and giving rise to the crazy warriors as we know in the main rulebooks. For more on Mindworks and the mom conversion, definitely check out the Mindworks sourcebook. So, for players, uh, with some of that background out of the way, what can a player bring to the table as a crazy? I mean, in current pop culture references, there's tons of examples of crazy heroes. Moon Knight and Scarlet Witch from Marvel, Harley Quinn and maybe Batman from DC, Rorschach from Watchmen, uh, The Mask from Dark Horse. All of these are examples of the crazy superhero trope. Some normal heroes, even that we would expect, like the Hulk, you could say suffer from multiple personality disorders, or Tony Stark has always seemed to be portrayed as an alcoholic. All of these can be templates for your crazy iconic framework character. So personal opinion, the crazy is one of the iconic frameworks that kind of gets forgotten about. When you look at them, you might see that they overlap with two other iconic frameworks, namely the juicer and the cyber knight. The crazy and the juicer's physical abilities are nearly identical with the exceptions of an edge on a different edge on each. The juicer gets brawny, which allows them to carry more of a load and wield bigger weapons. The crazy gets nerves of steel, which allows them to ignore one level of wound modifiers. It's the special abilities where most people tend to choose the juicer over the crazy. So the burn mechanic for the juicer is kind of what most people think about when they think about rifts, because even in the during the initial Kickstarter, Sean Patrick Fan pointed it out as one of the things that really captured the feel of rifts, and I agree. Whereas the crazy uses a modified version of the berserk mechanic, which is cool because it allows to them to increase their strength and agility by two more die types and also gives you the benefit of berserk, so like wild attacking ignoring more wounds as well. With the Nerves of Steel, basically they get to ignore up to two levels of wound penalties. 
Unfortunately, many feel the negatives of losing it is really the getting it together afterwards, which leads to basically a negative one to all trait rolls per rank, in addition to the fatigue from coming out of the berserk. So, as a novice, basically this is like a number, a minus one penalty. But as a heroic, that's like a minus four, not including the fatigue modifiers. And then depending on how you roll on your getting it together, it can last from anywhere from like five minutes to 24 hours. So that can be kind of huge. But it's also a great time. It could be role-playing gold where you're, you actually show how some of the insanities are actually affecting your character. In addition to getting it together, the other issues with losing it is the ability to inability to use things like psionics. The other potential overlap is with the Cyber Knight. Both can appear to be covering the same kind of stick in play, basically the Jedi Knight, power-wielding melee characters. While on the surface this appears to be true, the crazy kind of feels a, a different kind of power role than the Cyber Knight, which I would say truly is the Jedi. The crazy tends to be a more subtle as a power user when you look at the powers like detect, conceal, disguise, and even their offensive powers tend to be things like confusion and fear. Um, the other interesting aspect of the crazy's powers is that they inherently grow in random ways due to the unstable psyche hindrance. So every rank, seasoned, veteran, heroic, legendary, the crazy must roll on the Psyche Degradation table on page 24 of the Tomorrow Legion Player's Guide. However, this also grants them an additional roll on the Psychic's Heroic Journey table, every rank. There's no other iconic framework that gets to do that. So it gives, and it also gives the character access to actual Mind Melter power list uh, due to some of those powers. So crazies can get some really weird and powerful abilities this way. In addition, the crazy has one gear uh, ability that most players don't consider. Because they're actually a power wielder, they get access to techno wizard weapons and gear. So when creating your character, you also really need to consider investing in the crazy iconic edges. One of the critical iconic edges you should get at character creation is off the handle. It significantly reduces the get-it-together penalties that you're going to experience. Depending on the build also depends on what other edges you should get. If you're going for a more combat build, Gun Nut is a must. However, if you're going for a psychic build, Sublime Chaos is a must. Next thing you need to consider is what race you're going to choose. The standard assumption is human, and it gives you generally the most build flexibility. However, any race with the near-human physiology hindrance can take the crazy iconic framework. This makes for some great synergies when you're creating your character. In the Tomorrow Legion Player's Guide, it means you can take a, a crazy iconic framework using an Altara Warrior Woman, a Dog Boy, a Psy Stalker, and a Simvan. They can all be crazies. From the Arcana and Mysticism book, you could take make a crazy out of a dwarf or an elf, although what elf is really going to want studs coming out of their skulls, an orc, or even a Psyghost. A Psyghost crazy assassin could be a major threat to your players. In Blood and Banes, the Centaur is a really interesting option. As a GM, I would totally allow Cyber Horseman option to be applied to a crazy instead of just the Techno Wizard Headhunter. Uh, basically removing the Fairy Friend and Wild Spirit options. Um, all the mutants in the Hu Empires of Humanity book, like the Dog Boy, can choose a crazy iconic framework so imagine a crazy kill cat as a character it could be pretty powerful a really quirky option is the psyx alien which is already a powerful psychic and already mentally disturbed definitely fun but a challenging option in atlantis and the demon sea most of the races are alien physiologies or cyber resistance so the only option there you have is the ogre but wow imagine that combat monster 
As a house rule, I've created a kill-crazy iconic edge similar to the Maxi Killer, which allows non-human races to take the crazy framework at a cost. For today, I'm going to present two possible crazy type characters uh, for you to consider. I built them up through Season 1. I also chose their hero's journey roles. The first one is the gunslinger with no name. The character is a human crazy with habit, major, smoke cigars as his novice level in stable psyche. For hero's journeys, I chose uh, underworld dirty fighter and training battle edge marksman. For additional hindrances, I chose heroic, mean, and wanted. For traits, I gave him Agility D10, Smarts D6, Spirit D6, Strength D10, Vigor D10. Skills are Athletics D4, Common Knowledge D4, Fighting D6, Intimidation D6, Notice D8 plus 2, Persuasion D4 minus 1, Psionics D6, Writing D6, Shooting D8, Stealth D6, and Survival D4 plus 2, and Taunt D4. The edges I chose were Gun Nut, Off the Handle, and Split the Second. Uh, for the advances, I added Ambidextrous, Two-Gun Kid, I increased Shooting to D10, and Taunt to D6. For the Season Edge, I added Provoke. For his Season Psyche Degradation, I added Overconfident and went with the Psionics 17-18 to roll. The character is Unnerving, so plus one to Social Skills and a free reroll on the Fear Power. The character also includes uh, in their Power List Boost Trait, Fear, and Warrior's Gift. For future advancement, the player would probably want to continue advancing the character's shooting ability. Uh, the other considerations could be purchasing cybernetics to enhance the character's shooting and speed. The major negative, of course, is each point of strain gives a negative one to the character's psionic rolls, but psionics would not really be a focus for this character. As a GM with this character, I would in fact probably rule that uh, he needs to have a cigar in his mouth uh, while losing it or using his psychic powers, perhaps even replacing Habit Major with Dependency from the Superpowers Companion. I would probably also allow the character to replace the Fireburst Rifle with a TK Pistol. The second character is a Simvin Crazy Shaman, number 25, an escaped crazy conversion experiment from Lone Star. The character is a Simvin Crazy, with Ruthless as his unstable psyche for novice. For Hero's Journey roles, I chose uh, both with new powers from the Mind Melter list, Bolt and Deflection. For additional hindrances, I chose Can't Swim, Code of Honor, and Illiterate. For traits, I gave him Agility D8, Smarts D8, Spirit D8, Strength D8, Vigor D8. Skills are Athletics D6, Common Knowledge D4, Fighting D6, Intimidation D6, Notice D6 plus 2, Occult D6, Persuasion D4, Psionics D8, Writing D6, Shooting D6, Stealth D6, Survival D4 plus 2, and Taunt D4. For Edges, I gave him Major Psionic and Sublime Chaos. For advances, I advanced fighting to a d8, psionics to a d10, shooting to a d8, riding to a d10. And I also added the Beast Rider Edge, and I added Monologuer for his seasoned Unstable Psyche, and an additional power from the Mind Melter list. So his power lists include Arcane Protection, Beast Friend, Bolt, Boost Trait, Confusion, Deflection, Detect, Conceal, Arcana, Fear, and Speed Sloth. For future advancements, I'd recommend focusing on getting the character to Master Psionic and maybe adding crazy edges like off the handle. So, for the GM's role, basically, of course, you need to focus on first on characters and then on encounter creation, right? 
focusing on character creation, I would focus on things that would strengthen the niche of the crazy. Personally, some house rules uh, for my, my games. One edge I don't allow is going to be the Delphi Juicer Iconic Edge. Personally, it basically turns the Juicer into a crazy, and I feel it kind of steals their thunder. I, when they introduced it in the Juicer Uprising, that was actually one of the OCCs. I was like, what are they doing here? Um, also, another change that I use is Gun Nut. Uh, a little bit more putting it in line with the way it was originally under uh, the Deluxe Edition. Um, so basically it allows the crazy to use the uh, any ranged weapon in melee and apply a plus two to hit from the berserk out to short range is how I use it. This gives the crazy character permission to be a little bit more than just a melee or a melee pistol fighter. And for their unstable psyche table, I'd probably expand or change it to include several of the hindrances from the superpowers companion. Some hindrances like dependency, grim, megalomaniac, power negation, reckless transformation, vulnerability. These are all standard superhero tropes for but for a crazy they could be tied to their mental health so for example a crazy can only lose it or use psionics if he say puts on his macho man randy savage glasses and if he loses them in combat you know he loses those abilities uh one third party edge I'd consider letting Crazy take is from the fantasy add-on series Wizards and Mystics. The edge is called Burning Heart, which I would reskin then to basically say when the Crazy is losing it, they get a bonus to their psychic abilities similar to the Wild Attack for Berserk. When creating encounters, always remember that a crazy NPC can be a really scary combatant, but it relies on a lot of different mechanics, so you need to be prepared. For my War on the Range campaign, I use crazies quite a bit. Uh, I used Simvan crazies, oftentimes as my characters started increasing in power uh, to take from the normal Simvan up to a more powerful combatant. And as I kind of pointed out in the uh, narrative, I also introduced a Psyx alien crazy that started out as an ally, but then became an enemy in the blink of an eye. Uh, he was pretty amazingly powerful psychic that the characters didn't really know whether to trust or uh, not due to his eccentricities. Unfortunately, his switch uh, into an enemy happened about the time they started to get used to him as a, as a friend. So uh, I would also consider adding crazies as leaders or other authority figures for bandits or the black market encounters from the Game Master's Guide. Okay, GMs, there's also one other table issue when it comes to crazies. After talking with a few other GMs, many don't allow them for the sole purpose that many players use the character to hog the spotlight from other players. Unfortunately, the Crazy Iconic Framework has a number of hindrances built into it that already creates the potential for an adversarial character within the group to other players, and that can really mess with the fun at the table. So the first rule about playing a crazy is Wheaton's Law. Don't be a dick. We all want to have fun, but don't be one of the players that disrupts others, quote-unquote, just because that's what the character would do. Following some of the comic book tropes, a crazy can be a fun character and powerful to play. Unfortunately, this also points to one of the issues with the crazy that kind of holds some deep personal significance to me. While fun at the table, the crazy can also downplay and perhaps disturb some of your fellow players at the table. Since 2020, the issues associated with mental health conditions have been growing in public consciousness, and it's quite likely that someone at your table or someone in their family is struggling with a mental health condition. It's easy to make a character that is a caricature of people with these issues. So if you're going to play a crazy, take some time with your concept. Talk to your GM and other players around your table, and make sure they don't have any issues that will pop up associated with your character. And plot out how your character is going to spiral in 
in their growth into the madness. Does your character descend into a crushing depression when they're getting it together? Do they believe that their powers are tied to a specific item, word, or repetitive movement? Are they aware of their developing mental health issues? Can you include other players into that role play as close confidants that actually help them process, move on, and live with the cost of their powers? I ask you to please be considerate of others uh, when you're at any other Game Master's table. I would definitely expect it at mine, because mental health conditions are very personal to me. Over the last three years, I haven't produced many episodes of this podcast. Partly it's due to my move as a military member, but serious mental health issues in a very close family member have become much of the focus of my time over the last three years. So the truth is, you never know who's truly suffering and how it's going to affect others. So again, when you're playing it crazy, obey Wheaton's Law. So thanks for listening, and speak to you again soon. The concept for Three-Eyed Jack LaSalle is based on an NPC from the Saving Throw show Wildcards ETU Season 3, Episode 10. Give it a listen. What started out as a fun and wacky adventure turns downright life-threatening and sinister by the end. If you have any refugee questions, want to leave a mission report, or submit a Legionnaire for Legionnaire's Last Call, please email me at voiceofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Please join our community at Facebook Savage Rifts, MeWe Savage Rifts, or check out savagerifts.com. The Voice of Hope is a Savage Rifts fan podcast. The music in the intro and prologue are Killers and Rhinos themed by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. Savage Worlds and Deadlands are copyrighted 2016 and trademarked to Pinnacle Entertainment Group, all rights reserved. Rifts in the Megaverse are registered trademarks of Palladium Books.